The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Please be seated. My sister Jennifer, until recently, lived in Poway, the suburb of San Diego where this path past Sabbath, one person died, three were injured, and all were terrorized when a 19-year-old fired at worshipers at the Chabad synagogue. We have a friend, Doug, who was a member of that congregation. The father of the shooter was my nephew's physics teacher at the local high school. That I have a personal connection to this most recent incident does not make it any more significant or profound. It only shows how interconnected we all are. For today is only one of innumerable Monday mornings in Christ Chapel this year when we gather in the wake of religious violence. Violence against religion, fueled by hatred, ideology, madness, and excess of zeal. Attacks against Christians in Sri Lanka, against Muslims in Christchurch, New Zealand, against Jews in Pittsburgh, and on and on and on. Even in our numb, desensitized world, killing in a place of sanctuary still has the power to shock. Those who perpetuate these acts intend to maximize media attention and to intensify fear. From the Washington Post this morning, quote, the nature and frequency of these attacks have raised urgent questions about how to fight extremism in a time of political polarization, largely unregulated social media, and diminished trust in community organizations including religious and political institutions. This is the world we live in and the time we inhabit. Today we observe the feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. As with every saint, legends proliferate around St. Mark, layer upon layer, inspired by very scant facts. Wonderful stories, especially in the Coptic Orthodox Church who claim St. Mark's as its founder. One famous story that those Copts claim explains why Mark is associated with a lion. Once a lion and lioness appeared to John Mark and his father Arostolus while they were traveling in Jordan. The father was very scared and begged his son to escape while he awaited his fate. John Mark assured his father that Jesus Christ would save them and began to pray. The two beasts fell dead, and as a result of this miracle, the father believed in Christ. A maximal portrait of Mark includes the roaring winged lion as his symbol. Another explanation is that this symbol is for John roaring in the wilderness. It says crying, but never mind. Uh, or the wild beasts at the temptation, who were also probably lions who were roaring. The apostle evangelized in Africa and founded the Coptic Christian Church. The website of St. Mark's in Dallas offers the mystifying fact that St. Mark is the patron saint of notaries. 
So you can count on a New Testament scholar to debunk all these layers as unsupported by historical evidence. Tradition has collated all the references to a disciple named Mark in the New Testament from the Gospel of Mark, from Colossians, from Acts, 1 Peter, into a single individual. And Papias, at the beginning of the second century, names Mark as the author of the Gospel. For a New Testament scholar of my ilk, I'm exaggerating, but for New Testament scholar of my ilk, the connection between Mark and the person and Mark the Gospel is arbitrary. This is what is a minimal portrait of St. Mark. All we have is the gospel, anonymous, with, with its authoritative but unflowery opening, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God, and its stark and its awe-inspiring ending. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And we read the opening 15 verses in our gospel reading today. But today, the world in front of the text, the immediate world in front of the text, today's atrocities beg us to look to St. Mark, the person and the gospel, for support, comfort, insight, and direction. We'll start with the gospel of Mark. He saw the heavens torn open. As he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and in that instant glimpsed the real, the real world above, the real world where God ruled. And Jesus' wonderful first sermon, if every sermon could cover so much in such a short space, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news, the theme of this gospel. The violence of the tearing, the sense of division, the setting of the war with Rome, the rending, the call for repentance, the desolating sacrilege. Desolating sacrilege is the right phrase for this religious violence. There's not very much sentimentality here in Mark. It is a hard gospel for a hard time. Darkness covered the whole earth until three in the afternoon. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The good news that God decisive act in Christ Jesus is to defeat evil and to work with this community of followers to heal and mend the world. Now, does Mark, the Gospel of Mark, exacerbate extremism? Well, of course it could if a terrorist wanted to use it. For it is dualistic. There is rhetoric of enemies. But far greater in the Gospel of Mark is the stress on the healing, the mending, the raising ministry of Jesus, both the past teacher and the risen Christ. And next, the person of Mark, his courage, 
This is after the, he wrote the gospel when he went all these places on boats and went to scary places. He faced danger and he faced death and was martyred. And if you'll forgive me, a flight of very non-New Testament scholarly fantasy, the roaring lion, the powerful beast associated with Mark, I think is a comforting beast for this day after Poway and Sri Lanka and Christchurch. This beast that's normally dangerous but that's no longer the threat. This beast whose strength is harnessed for good. This sort of C.S. Lewis variety of lion roaring in rage and in lament for the victims of religious violence. The nature and frequency of these attacks have raised urgent questions about how to fight extremism in a time of political polarization, largely unregulated social media, and diminished trust in community organizations, including religious and political institutions. On this feast of St. Mark, in a world of fear, madness, and zeal, how to fight extremism Repent of it. Repent and believe in the good news. Renounce the rhetoric of violence, even if it comes from the New Testament. Social media, regulate social media, but bracket that, not in this sermon. <laughs> no, use the media we have as Christians with faith. The media we have of our scripture, of our bread and wine of our Eucharist, of the maximal and minimal portraits of St. Mark, our liturgical year, use that media for healing and mending. And finally, as trust is eroding in religious institutions, and all of us are committed to religious institutions, and we have visitors here who are coming to discern their vocation to be formed as a leader of a religious institution. Build up trust. Build up trust in this Christian institution. This is our vocation to build, earn, and keep this trust by being the church, by reaching out in compassion to Jews, Muslims, and other Christians, by being trustworthy, by telling the truth, by treating all people with dignity and respect, by convening, convening communities and nurturing communities that welcome, heal, practice prayer, works of mercy, and resist evil. The stark and harrowing gospel of Mark. The brave martyr, St. Mark the Evangelist. And the roaring lion, roaring and lament and warning. Comfort us and direct us this day. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent 
and believe in the good news. Amen.